Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 18th, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our special guest tonight is Carla Sampson, who is a multidimensional coach, mentor, and entrepreneur specializing in helping visionary entrepreneurs who are ready to take giant leaps into new territories of success, fulfillment, and alignment within their life's purpose. Carla is an awakened starseed, deeply devoted to the advancement of our collective and individual human and divine potential. At an early age, Carla studied exercise science and holistic health care and began specializing in developing health and wellness programs, workshops, and retreats. Carla began traveling to remote places around the world, visiting with shamans, holy men, and monks, and sitting with the many different medicine ceremonies this planet has to offer, from the high Himalayas of India to the deep jungles of South America. Carla now owns a sacred embodiment studio in downtown Ann Arbor called Align Divine Yoga, as well as offering online mentorship and coaching called Starseed Entrepreneurs, where she guides starseeds and lightworkers in discovering their own purposeful potential and designing personal brands and businesses that create a ripple of beautiful impact on our planet. Now, you can check out her websites. There are three. Carla Sampson, and that is C-A-R-L-A, Carla, and Sampson, S-A-M-S-O-N, dot com, and Synchroblicity, S-Y-N-C-H-R-O, and Blicity, B-L-I-S-S-I-T-Y, I like that, Synchroblicity, dot com, and also AlignDivineYoga, dot com. And at the top of the show, it is Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for Carla. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. And you can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. If you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices if you elect to have those um, notifications. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. And the Starseed uh confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart outside of just the timing, you'll need to order it about three months ahead of your birthday so that you can get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first up this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her always fascinating Starseed News. Yay! Well, Hello, Anastasia. 
Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be with you. Lots of news. Better get started. The solar wind is here. Earth is now in a stream of solar wind flowing from a hole in the sun's atmosphere. There are no sunspots, by the way. And as far as this solar wind goes, it's not a very fast stream, but at this time of year it could be enough to ignite Arctic auroras. There are equinox cracks in Earth's magnetic field. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? They say these cracks are lowering our planet's defenses against the solar wind, setting the stage now for the northern lights. Well, speaking of the sun, you all remember last week when officials had closed the sunspot solar observatory in New Mexico. Well, the National Solar Observatory in Sunspot and a nearby United States Postal Service office were evacuated last week and shut down for security reasons uh, September 9th. Officials refused to tell people the reason for the sudden shutdown. And after days of resisting rumors about alien visitations and so on, the managers of the Sunspot Solar Observatory say that they are now, re- well, they have reopened the facility. Actually, it was, I think it was yesterday. They say that they've shed more light on the reason for its 10-day security-related closure. Now, this is a 71-year-old, 9,200-foot elevation observatory on Sacramento Peak. It's the National Center for Ground-Based Solar Physics. It is managed not by the government, by the, but by the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy and the National Science Foundation. Well, the FBI is the agency uh, credited with closing down the observatory and the post office, and their explanation, the observatory's explanation for the evacuation reads as follows. They said, we have been cooperating with an ongoing law enforcement investigation of criminal activity that occurred at Sacramento Peak. During this time, we have become concerned that a suspect in the investigation posed a threat to the safety of local staff and residents. For this reason, the telescope temporarily vacated the facility or the agency that owns the telescope, uh, vacated the facility and ceased science activities at that location. They went on to say the decision to vacate was based on the logistical challenges associated with protecting personnel at such a remote location and the need for expeditious response to the potential threat. ORA, which stands for the Association of Universities for Research in Astronomy, by the way, determined that moving the small number of on-site staff and residents off the mountain was the most prudent and effective action to ensure their safety. They go on to say, in light of recent developments in the investigation, we determined there is no risk to staff, and the Sunspot Solar Observatory is transitioning back to regular operations as of yesterday. Given the significant amount of publicity the temporary closure has generated and the consequent expectation of an unusual number of visitors to the site, we are temporarily engaging a security service while the facility returns to a normal working environment. Well, that's interesting because we don't hear any explanation from the town or the postal uh, uh, service about why they closed their facility. But anyway, the ORA officials have told us that they recognize that the lack of information during the evacuation was, quote, concerning and frustrating for some, end quote. They said that they hushed up the information so as not to alert the suspect that authorities were looking for. Hmm. 
It shouldn't take long for nearby residents to be back in their homes, they said, for researchers to be back at the telescope, and for tourists to be back at the visitor center. But a full resolution of this mystery, they say, will have to wait until criminal charges are filed against the supposed suspect, assuming that the investigation shows something. Mm. Wow, really? Really? Okay, that's their story. In the that's meantime, story. <laughs> that's their story. Scratch heads. You know, the FBI has to evacuate an entire area. Come on. I mean, idiocy is the norm anymore, and it may be true. It could be true, considering the idiocy of the way things are going, the idiotic way things are handled. But, you know, you just have to wonder. In the meantime, here's some more for you. Thanks to Lavendar, I tracked this down. There were six more solar observatories closed at the same time. Six more around the world. One in Australia, Chile, Spain, two in Hawaii, and in Pennsylvania were shut down at the same time as the Solar Observatory in New Mexico. But hold that thought for a minute because I have a little bit more to tell you about it. Um, That's right. We had one in Australia, one in Chile, one in Spain, two in Hawaii, and one in Pennsylvania. And I won't bore you with all of their names, big, long scientific names for each. But you will note as I examined this story, as I researched it, that it was the webcams that were not working, which would not be the same as having the observatories themselves shut down. Here's the weird part. In researching this story late last week, I attempted to load each of these websites in a search engine by clicking the links in a related article. Guess what? Not one of these sites were available, and at least one of them was a domains for sale page. Now, I wondered what was up with that and also considered that the writer of the story had maybe included some bad links with his article. Now, today, however, all of these websites, each and every one of them, are up and running as though they'd been there the whole time. And I will note that this time I researched each observatory separately. I followed the links from a search engine instead of inside the article. But it leaves us to wonder... Were these observatory websites truly down? And if so, why? Why? Something about this whole thing just doesn't sit right with me. That's just not the whole story. I don't think. But there it is. It's a cover story. What's that, Ariel? Cover story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you probably all heard about this in mainstream, but it's quite a story. I think we should all be concerned about it. It's yet another sign and indicator, evidence, I should say, of incompetence by government and corporations. A series of gas explosions um, that some people called Armageddon, Armageddon in a community north of Boston killed a teenager and injured at least 10 other people. It ignited fires in 39 homes in three communities, forcing entire neighborhoods in these three towns to evacuate as people scrambled to fight the flames and shut off gas. Now, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency blamed these fires on gas lines that had become overpressurized, but said they're still investigating what happened. Okay. Wow. Well, they found some wonderful historical discoveries. A sandstone sphinx dating from the last dynasty of ancient Egypt was uncovered in Aswan. 
a sandstone sphinx, uh, sphinx believed to date from the last dynasty of ancient Egypt, was uncovered by archaeologists as they drained water from a temple in the southern city of Aswan. The sandstone statue of the mythical beast, which has the head of a human and the body of a lion, most likely dates from 305 B.C. to 30 B.C. The Sphinx was found at the same location where two sandstone reliefs of King Ptolemy V were uncovered only two months ago. The discovery is one of the several important archaeological finds made in, recent, made in Egypt in recent years. They're really finding some stuff down there. Another Sphinx showed a picture of it. It's really cool looking. And here's another discovery, genetically important. I hate to think about what they're going to do with this DNA, but they have uncovered a 50,000-year-old mummified wolf pup and a caribou that they found in the Yukon Permafrost Gold Miners region of Canada. This 50,000-year-old mummified remains of two Ice Age animals, a caribou calf and a wolf pup, were unveiled in this territory in the Yukon with their fur, skin, and muscle tissue still intact. The photographs are amazing. The fur is like, ah, it's like all there. It looks soft. Now, these specimens are among the oldest mummified mammal soft tissue in the world. In fact, uh, when it comes to the pup, they say that it's the only mummified Ice Age wolf ever found in the world. Furthermore, they say that it's the oldest soft tissue in the world because the caribou was found in an area which includes an 80,000-year-old volcanic ash bed. Can you even comprehend this kind of time span, guys? (laughs) Wow. That puts everything in perspective, if you ask me. Well, this wolf pup was estimated to be no more than eight weeks old when it died, and it has its head, its tail, and its fur and skin is intact. And the caribou remains include the animal's torso, head, and his front limbs. I just think that's awesome. Wow. It just really puts things in perspective. Well, we've had lots of strange weather. You know, we had six or seven hurricanes and typhoons and such all forming at the same time last week. But China had a real problem. They had to evacuate millions of people after Typhoon Mangkut left Hong Kong in tatters. Um, It wrecked havoc across the entire region. Uh, Southern Hong Kong experienced winds of 107 miles per hour and gusts up to 138 miles per hour. Did a lot of damage. And Reunion Volcano is erupting. The Piton de la Fournaise of Reunion Island, a French Indian Ocean territory, erupted on Saturday. The lava gushed on the south flank of the volcano. According to the observatory, the seismic cra- uh, crisis began in the early afternoon, and they tell us that the volcano has been showing signs of awakening since the beginning of September, but just a couple of days ago, kaboom, there it went, and the lava started flowing down the side. Taking a long time, to a few months, to well, actually not that long, taking it a while to wake up, anyway, the first part of the month, and here it goes. And in New Zealand, they have been having wild weather. Every every place has been having wild, weird weather. In New Zealand, farmers lost more than 100,000 100, lambs 
it, they said it was devastating to lose all of these lambs in the eastern and central North Island uh, part of New Zealand. They say that this is because a snowstorm dropped as much as four inches an hour. Now, they tell us at current prices of $144 per lamb, the economic hit would be $14.4 million. That's a lot of little animals, and that's a lot of snow, four inches an hour. Having lived in snow country, I can tell you that it doesn't take long to bury a house at that, at that rate. So it's not surprising they lost livestock. Well, there was a, also a rare earthquake that hit near the western Australian town of Walpole, any of our listeners out from that region, uh, it was a 5.6. Tremors were felt as far away as Perth and Albany, Australia. And in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, there was a 2.6 magnitude quake. Just happened uh, late last week. Um, they say that earthquakes in the eastern part of the U.S. are pretty rare. Um, it was a minor earthquake. There were no injuries or damages reported. And there is a brand new study. They've been watching this volcano. I absolutely don't think I can pronounce it in Iceland. You know how those words are. Uh, but this Iceland's monster volcano called Katla is charging up for an eruption. It's hidden beneath a giant ice cap, this volcano is. It's buried way beneath, beneath the ice. And I cannot say the glacier, and you don't care anyway. You don't need to know it. But they say that the magma chambers in this volcano are filling and they say that this will dwarf uh, the 2010 eruption of that other volcano that I can't pronounce. But they tell us that this volcano was long overdue since it historically erupted about every 40 years. The last known eruption in Katla was in 1918. Now, Katla is emitting enormous quantities of carbon dioxide. They say that this volcano releases at least 20 kilotons of carbon dioxide every day. Now, they wonder about what might be causing global warming. You never hear them mention volcanoes. But there are another two volcanoes on the planet that are, are emitting even more carbon dioxide than the Katla volcanoes. There's a lot of CO2 entering our atmosphere through natural causes. And... Ah, uh, does anybody wonder about Hawaii? You know, there was so much news about Hawaii's Kilauea volcano. I even talked about it a lot. Well, I wondered, and I looked it up. And according to Hawaii News Now, emissions from the Kilauea volcano has dropped to the lowest levels in 11 years as eruptions are tapering off. That's right, Kilauea is quieting down. Volcanic gas emissions have dropped to the lowest levels in 10 years, and the island residents are much happier because there is less of that VOG, the volcanic gas. Now, University of Hawaii professors uh, are trying to make predictions so that people can prepare. They made changes recently to their models of predictions. Uh, they say that the sulfur dioxide is what hurts people most in these volcanoes, um, in these volcanic eruptions, that that's the major problem, particularly on a, such a heavily populated island as Hawaii, that the sulfur dioxide affects breathing and so on. Um, but they say that now that the air quality in Hawaii has improved now, it was pretty bad for a while, and that the lava is tapered off, they say that emissions are down, the air is clear, and uh, the volcano is going back to sleep. 
so after all that property damage and all that problem, I know that a lot of people are very happy to have this. They said that some of the Lalani Estates residents have been allowed to return to their homes, but they're still dealing with the lasting effects of the sulfur. They said that it has soaked into the drywall of their houses, of their of their houses, excuse me, and that it's actually rusted metal and aluminum into dust. It's pretty amazing. Wow. So they're getting busy cleaning up things. They're monitoring emissions. Uh, homeowners are going back, trying to put things back together again. They're hoping that this isn't the end of it. They say there's still a little bit of steam because it's so hot under the ground. They think that steam coming up through these fissures is natural for a little while, and everybody's tentatively walking on the ground, taking a breath of clean air for the first time in a while, and beginning now to put their lives back together. But that was that was quite an event for so many, many people in Hawaii. And many of them went homeless. Uh, they had to stand shelters for months as these eruptions went on. So it was a terrific, terrific challenge for many people. But there you have it. And I have a quote for for the week to come. It's a great quote. So here you go. It's my philosophy. Life is full of beauty. Notice it. Notice the bumblebee, the little child, and the smiling faces. Smell the rain and feel the wind. Live your life to the fullest potential and fight for your dreams. Never give up. So no matter what's going on in the world, remember that. And from my heart to each one of you, have a beautiful week, everybody, and much love to you. Thank you, Ariel. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for bringing us the Starseed News. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I like that quote. just about says it all. So uh, we will look forward to um, hearing more news next week. Okay. Thanks, Anastasia. Bye-bye. Okay, so now I'm going to um, get Lavendar's mic open and our guest, Carla Sampson. Get your mic open. Okay, Carla, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, so grateful to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here. And Lavendar is going to kick it off for us. You ready to go? I'm ready. I'm here. Okay. So, Carla, I'm so excited that you have chosen to put Starseed in front of entrepreneurship. I think that is so cool. So tell us a little bit about yourself before you start telling us about your new programs that you've put together. When did you wake up, and how long have you been a metaphysician? And just kind of give us a a thumbnail sketch of of your life growing up. Yeah, thanks, Lavendar. Uh, First and foremost, I just want to... Yeah, I express my gratitude. So grateful. And, and to you had a little magic to do with putting that starseed in front of starseed entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, a little bit about myself. Huh, let's see. So, you know, as a starseed on this planet, I feel like so many of us we go through this process of kind of discovering our magic. There is a inherent quality of magic within each and every one of us. And, and I felt that from a, from a very young age. I, I felt this intuitive, uh, creative, you know, but all I can explain it as is this you know, spark of magic within my life. Um, and, and I was always that kid that would stand up, you know, against the bullies, always that kid that would, you know, just have this idea of, of this loving, beautiful 
planet that I just knew was um, just so so possible. The potentiality was so possible, and and so I've I've always kind of needed my life in that in that direction, and and so you know over the years I I, I studied exercise physiology and holistic healthcare. I really I would dive into health and wellness. Um, and I really walked that path for, for a long time, for a long time, and uh, over a number of different synchronicities and, uh, and beautiful connected moments that happened in my life. Little by little, I started to discover that there, you know, there was maybe something, something really special about, about my mission here on this planet. And... And I followed that, and I continuously created a commitment to myself to, to follow that, and I think it really started um, actually when I when I got sick and when I when I walked through my fire. Let's call it walking through my through my fire. Um, everybody goes through it. I I feel you know it's, it's just, uh, whether it be suffering or disease or trauma or whatever we walk through, it can be a beautiful opportunity. Uh, for awakening. Carla, let me interrupt you for a moment. Are you speaking on a a speakerphone? It's on a computer phone, is it not? It's really, it's very choppy. It's really hard to listen to you this way for some reason. Uh, Arielle, are you hearing the same thing I am? Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of hard to hear. It's very right. hard to hear. Do you have did did you try using that headset, Carla? Yeah. Is this is this any better now? It's it would say it comes and goes and then half of the sentence will get lost. Um, if you if you could could you plug in that headset? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll just see if that if that works any better because we want people to be able to hear and understand every word. So you're plugging in the headset? Is this better now? I'll keep talking. Okay. Hello, hello. Check, check. Check one, two, three. Well, let's, let's, let's go with that and see how it, see how it works. So you were talking about um, sometimes uh, trauma, sickness um, can lead you through to an awakening. Yeah, yeah. Is is this better now? The the microphone now that I'm using. Yeah. Okay, great. I hope that this works out. <laughs> yeah. So just a little bit more about myself. Uh, little by little, just discovering, you know, you know, through the awakening process that I went through, just my mission on this planet was to be of service to uh, to starseeds, to those who had already awakened, who are ready to create their purpose, their destiny on this planet, and and to be of service in that way. And so, hello. Okay. Yes. Are you there? Yes. Okay. So Ariel, do you do you think this is um, do you think she should call in on another phone or what, what do you think? 
Um, yeah, Carla, can you try just using your cell phone and and call uh, in and and see if if we can um, get the audio a little better because it, it's just um, it's not doing you justice. Sure, sure, I'll do that right now. Okay, so um, we'll just we'll leave this connection going while you're um, calling in on the on the phone. Do you have the number there? It's nine one seven. Eight eight nine, eight two nine two. I've got it here. Okay, so we'll just wait for that to pop up. So as Anastasia was uh, talking about the news, I'm so glad she brought up Hawaii because I've been thinking about Hawaii all week. I thought we haven't heard any more about Hawaii. I guess it's because the the volcano has cooled down. So I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Of course, other things are starting to rumble in different parts of the world, and these hurricanes and and typhoons, they're just now starting to really go. And for the next two months, I guess we're going to see a lot of a lot of activity on both sides of the world. Yeah. Well, Mother Earth is is going through her changes, and we need to get with it. Yep. Okay. So um, we're looking for. Okay, okay, so now, Carla, what I'm going to do is mute that first line, and gosh, why is this thing, uh, here we go, I'm trying to get up here, so I'm going to mute the first line, but I'm going to leave it hooked up, and then I'm going to get back down here, why is this thing not wanting to scroll? Okay, so now we're going to open up your other, okay, all right, so we, we have you now, Carla. Okay, beautiful. Is this better? Yeah, but you're going to need to um yeah, I uh, needed the other turn one, the so it's all turn the volume yes, off yes. of the computer so that you're just using the phone because mm-hmm. I was hearing an echo. Got it. Yeah. All okay, right, did that. All right. Okay, we are in business. Yay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> glad. Technology so beautiful yeah. and yet can be, uh, you know, one of those things. <laughs> Well, we wanted to hear you clearly, so so start where where you were talking about uh, sometimes an illness or something will create situations where you wake up and go forward. Yeah, so so getting back on on the story, um, you know, I was I I was moving in my life in this way of kind of going just with the punches, right? Like I was moving from one thing to the next, to from school to studying to kind of going in this beautiful flow that that felt good. But at that same time, there was that little spark of magic, that little spark of inspiration within me that was calling me to do something else. And at that particular time in my life, when I felt that spark of really wanting to uh, invite in more into my life, that's when I found out that I had Lyme disease. I went through this process um, of years of my life uh, on this healing process of trying to, you know, figure out this this battle. And um, and from that space, you know, I had to go into these modalities of healing. I had to go into these modalities of uh, of really taking care of myself on the on a whole another level, a whole another level of taking care of myself. And and through that, really found a lot of spiritual awareness 
on a lot of personal fulfillment through throughout that and, and really started to evolve, evolve in a way that I had never experienced before. So I can say after 10 years of battling with Lyme, I, you know, I, did, I came into this place of, um, of massive evolution, of, of, you know, of up-leveling within my life so, so deeply. And I'd been working with so many different spiritual teachers throughout, that entire, throughout the entirety of the course of my illness um, and started just discovering so much, so much about myself. And so that's sort of where I was going with, with talking about, you know, this, when we walk through these fires, when we walk through the, the what I sometimes call the fire of initiation, it's this opportunity to really find out, you know, that, that magical part of ourselves, that, that strength, and, and finding out where the source of our strength really comes from. So for me, I really, I really started to, to know that divine source within myself through through those fires. So. Carla, uh, would you tell me what year you were born? Yeah, I was born in 1988. See, I, I felt like you were one of those kids. You know, I was told to hold my information in a bank vault. For the kids that were born after 1980, they had to be up and grown. And so a lot of, of people that were born after 1980 seemed to be finding our website and seemed to be wanting to get into entrepreneurship. I get a lot of clients that are trying to start their their businesses, and they want to start a starseed business. So I'm mm-hmm. so happy to see that you've decided to to add starseed to your program. So give us a little insight now to after all that you've gone through to be who you are now. What is what is your main objective about helping people to be entrepreneurs, especially if they're starseeds? Yeah. So I really decided to go on this route of starseeds because of my own personal lack of finding finding those magical creatures, those magical starseed beings that were there to support other starseeds on their mission. And I'm so grateful that I found you, Lavendar, and I'm so grateful that I found this podcast too because it really gave me a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence in the direction of uh, of being able to support other starseeds on their on their light missions. Uh, I mean, a starseed is really, you know, a human being that wakes up to this magical um, mission and this purpose of of knowing that there's this evolution happening on our planet, this beautiful awakening that is occurring on this planet at this time, and and that wants to just plug in in whatever way that looks like. So I use this word multidimensional a lot in my coaching. And what I mean by multidimensional is, yes, of course, we have this capacity to uh, to move through the dimensions, but but on a more practical, physical level, uh, when I say multidimensional, what I mean is that a lot of star seeds have this capacity to be incredibly um, talented in so many different areas of their lives. So so in my own personal life, I you know I have so many different passions, so many passions in movement and, and nutrition and health and wellness and metaphysics and and meditation and and circus arts and so many things and so in my own life I was wondering like how can I put all of these things together and so what I adopted was really kind of this system of being able to take all of my different passions and being able to put them into one place which is this coaching place and really allowing for myself to be totally unlimited because we really do live in this beautiful unlimited universe and and it is so limitless and 
and expansive. And so thus, I love to coach multidimensional, what I say, when I say multidimensional, I mean multi-talented human beings that have a lot of different talents and a lot of different areas of their lives and really putting that into one place, one platform and grounding that into it's like this whole new renaissance, like the old renaissance beings that, you know, they call them the renaissance men or whatever that is. We're like these new renaissance beings that are coming onto this planet with so many ideas and and so thus, through so many ideas, we also have so many solutions, so many solutions to this evolution happening on this planet. And, um, and so that's, that's really what I feel excited about when I'm, when I'm coaching people is, you know, these multidimensional beings that are really, you know, just so talented and, and are ready to, to hold space on a, on a greater level to really make that commitment to, to their own self-mastery. And through that, through making that commitment to their own self-mastery, being able to commit to the service of this evolution of awakening on our planet at this time. Do you find a lot of musicians coming to you, people that are talented in music right now? Oh, oh, creative beings in general. Yeah, artists, musicians, um, performance artists, uh, uh, dancers. I mean, just, just the creative... Being in general, those are those are who are absolutely attracted to the work that I do. Yes, you know we have uh, one of our star seeds that's putting together a star seed festival for 2020, that has to do with all kinds of art and music and everything. So stay in touch yes. with me so that we can maybe uh, find some of your clients that would want to participate in our star seed uh, festival 2020. Absolutely, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you um, take a, a star seed and, and groom them for their potential. Well, that all really has to do with their active choice. That all has to do with their message. I feel like each and every one of us as star seeds, we come with this beautiful potentiality. We come with this beautiful energy that we want to share with the world. And each of us has this really personalized message just like the genetic codes within each and every one of us is being a little bit different, right? Each of us has our DNA is, is uh, wants to express in these different ways. It's, it's very much that. Our, we have different messages that we want to, to give to the world. And so that's the most important part is really starting to adopt our message and really feel excited about that. I feel like a lot of starseeds, you know, we're still shy, we're shy about sharing who we truly are and the gifts of our divinity and the gifts of, of our remembering on this planet. And, and so that's a big one for so many of us is to, is to start to feel that feeling of worthiness and that feeling of, of confidence around sharing our gifts and sharing who we truly are and, and what that might look like. And so little by little, you know, we only go as fast as how people feel excited about and, and we move in this way that really adopts their message, gets them grounds their platform into being. Um, we do that through really, you know, evaluating their core values. So, so many starseeds on this planet, one of their major core values is freedom, right? So many of us remember the feeling of just being so free um, in, our, in our energy bodies. And, and so freedom can be a massive core value for so many starseeds. And so if that's the case, if freedom is one of our major core values, you know, we probably don't want to be building a business that's going to ground us into 
needing to be in one place for too long. Could it be that a starseed would feel more comfortable creating an online business or would it make more sense for a starseed to create a business that they could, you know, have some more freedom in their lives? And so we really look at the core values to be able to kind of shape and um, kind of create spaciousness for them to really know, like, what is the lifestyle? What's the lifestyle that they wish to live? And from that place of knowing that lifestyle that's really going to identify with who they truly are, well, that's where the business can really start. What I do with, with you know, these entrepreneurs is we create their personal brand. So it's really about taking who they are from the core essence of, of who they truly are and starting to transform that into a way of like, of how do you share that? How do I share who I truly am and, and how do I actually make abundance and, and create wealth and prosperity for myself by, uh, by being there for, for, for who, with who I am and then sharing my passions through that space? So, so let me ask um, you, Carla, are you finding yeah. a lot of people have quit their jobs, sold their houses, got <laughs> in their cars, just packed what they needed and started traveling and having experiences are you finding a lot of those people like gypsy, like starseed gypsies? Oh yeah. Oh my. I mean, I'm one of them. I was. Well, I was, I I have been one of them. I did the gypsy thing for very many years of my life, up in the earlier years, and um, and and that you know that's what I find within creating a personal brand is that we really attract who we are, and so thus you know I've gone through that situation of of literally quitting my job, putting everything in my car, traveling out to, you know, all over the world, basically, uh, moving from place to place, uh, just to gain these, this knowledge and this new experience. And now that's, yeah, that's pretty much who I'm working with. It's, it's the creative, artistic, motivated human being that's ready to create change on this planet, but, you know, not really ready to, not really wanting to, to settle down necessarily, not really, not, you know, there are, there's stability that can come from creating commitment to what we wish to create on this planet, but it doesn't have to do necessarily with our physical um, stability. So, yeah, so, so I'm working more and more and more with, with what we call online nomads, digital yeah, nomads. Yeah, that's good, online, yeah, because you can be totally anywhere not. and travel and have a website and, and you know, be able to make your own money and then still do the starseed okay. work and traveling and, mm-hmm. and meeting and activating other people. Absolutely. Give us a little insight yeah. on how you see that happening and, and what, what are the procedures to, to do that. Yeah, well, that, you know, it's different for everybody, right? There are some people that, it, um, there are some people that can just right away, they can just, what, what would feel best for them is if they just quit their job, they open up a ton of space in their lives and they just go for it, right? They're like, all right, I want to, you know, I want to do coaching. I want to do this online. I want to sell products online. I want to do this. I want to do that. And there's no way that I want to have a steady nine to five job and do that at the same time. So that's one type of person. And then there's a second type of person who is, you know, that person that is like, you know what, I got to keep, I want to keep my job. There's things that I still need to do within this nine to five lifestyle. And, and on the side, I'd like to create an online business and eventually over time start to, you know, merge out of that nine to five job and, and just be doing my online job. So it's really about identifying, you know, what is, what's the safe and effective pathway for you? Cause some people will just jump out of their jobs and feel totally just like they're standing on the edge of a cliff. And some people will, 
you know, that will exhilarate them. They're like, you know what, I don't have any ties to anything anymore and I'm ready to go. But then, you know, and then of course there are human beings that have families, commitments, uh, lots of uh, lots of commitments in which they can't just say goodbye to you and just <laughs> pick up and travel. And so thus we have to evaluate, right, like what what choices are we making? So when I think when we start to awaken really to our starseed potential, it's not about just running away from what was there to begin with. It's not about running away from what we might call the mundane or the ordinary. It's about making clear, very clear, very grounded choices around step-by-step processes and and strategies that are going to take us from where we are right now to where we want to be. And for so many people, it's like, let's just jump right in. Let's go so fast. And, and, you know, that's such a beautiful way to do it. But how do we ground? How do we find the grounding rooting cord so that we can really find the foundation, find the platform and grow? So I like to always think about, you know, planting those seeds. These take time to grow. Seeds take sunlight, they take water, they take a lot of nourishment and, and time. And so, um, and so when, when we don't feel scarce, when we don't feel scarce in, t- in our time, so many of us as starseeds, we just want to accelerate so quickly. And, but if we can shift and shape our mindset to, to kind of walk away from that scarcity mindset of, I don't have enough time, I need to do it all right now, the planet needs to shift now, 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 now. You know, we're, we're coming from that place of scarcity. Instead of coming from that place of wealth, that wealth mindset of I have all of the time that I need. I have all of the time that I need. And really indulging in that time and, and rooting and grounding and, and setting the platform so that the structure can be stable when we take that giant leap. Let me ask you a question about your travels. When you, you said that you, you've gone to lots of different sacred sites and you've studied with a lot of different shamans. So after all of that you've gone through, have you collectively taken different aspects from your experiences and put to a program that you're now working on? Is that the way you you uh, uh, drew from all your experiences uh, in the shamanistic world and, and the sacred site places that you travel to? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have been so incredibly blessed in my life to have the opportunity to, to be with uh, so many beautiful awakened beings on this planet and to sit with them and to observe their practices and, and be just a humble witness to, to so much and sitting at the sacred sites, you know, really going on those endeavors. Um, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it would be ridiculous for me to say that it didn't make a massive impact on my life. And it's something that I definitely carry with me with, with massive amount of respect for where, the practices come from and an honoring where these practices come from. I, you know, I spent about a year of my life traveling through South and Central America. I spent about a year of my life traveling through India and into Australia, New Zealand. Um, really just, uh, just diving in, diving in and, and fully giving myself to these sacred practices. And, you know, I was the kid uh, that, back in high school really, you know, was going on a kind of a, a path that was sort of destructive to my health and wellness. And um, after having that big, you know, walking through my fire with Lyme disease, it, it really woke me up. And that's why I started traveling in the first place. I wanted to learn these healing modalities. And uh, so, yeah, it would, it, 
it's absolutely things that I bring with me. With that being said, there has been massive shifts and changes within my own identity. Um, just to be a shapeshifter on this planet is a it's a it's a beautiful thing, and I feel like the more that we can get to know ourselves, the more uh, just the the easier it is to create to create beauty from. Did you so, ever find yeah. a solution for your Lyme disease? Oh yeah, I am one hundred percent so full of life and cured myself from Lyme disease, and that was such a massive, massive journey. But that, to me, I mean, it had a lot. There were so many. I tried everything, right? I tried everything from under the sun. Um, but at the at the particular time that I was curing myself one hundred percent, it had tons to do with mindset. So I had these affirmations that I would speak to myself over and over and over and over again. It was, it was basically transforming my mind, 100% transforming my operating system so that my body could match the mental capacities that I was putting out on a daily, regular basis. Well, good for you. Are you planning on taking any people on sacred site tours? Are you having groups that maybe you're going to take maybe down to South America? Yes. Thank you for asking that question. I am really excited to start holding and hosting retreats, um, taking star seeds, taking light workers, taking beings who are ready to, you know, to really take on responsibility within their lives to, to adopt the sacred, to, to adopt their sacred potential on this planet. And yes, I am going to be taking people uh, to, mm, did yep, you ever spend any time at Tulum in the Yucatan? I have been to Tulum, yeah. You know, that's a really wonderful high priestess goddess place. That's where they sure really took care of a lot of, of bringing in the children. The bloodlines were, were created there at Tulum. It's a massively beautiful place. The energy there is quite outstanding. Yeah. So tell us more about what you're doing now at, in in your retreat place. Do people come to your to your um, uh, office or facility for healing? Do you have other people working with you, or are you there by yourself? Yeah, Align Divine, Align Divine Yoga in Ann Arbor, Michigan, is where I currently reside. And um, I, yeah, I opened up this beautiful space called Align Divine, and we have about eight teachers there at this particular time. We teach yoga, sacred embodiment. Um, we do all styles of manifestation workshops, playfulness workshops. It's, uh, it's really an alternative place to, to dive into deeper spirituality. Uh, we host cacao ceremonies and ecstatic dances and um, just places for people to really embody, you know, embody their true selves as uh, these beautiful star beings on this planet and whether they you know, recognize themselves as star beings or not. I've set up this place. It feels like an acupuncture place right in the heart of downtown Ann Arbor, you know, an acupuncture point on the earth. Really the energy there is so, it's so beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a place for people to come and, and really begin to, to align with their divine potential. Is this a place that you grew up at, or is this a place that you've chosen to be? Ann Arbor were, were is you the raised place that in, I, in Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Ann Arbor. I okay. chose to be here. 
I chose to be here as my family is here, and that feels really important to me at this particular time in my life. Okay. That's good. So tell us more about the things that you're offering on your websites. Yeah. So carlasampson.com, I do private coaching. My, you know, the, the big thing that I focus on is doing three-month deep dives one-on-one with entrepreneurs. Uh, we really dive into a couple of different realms. I've created something called a, I call it a starseed system of manifestation and navigation. And if you go onto my website and you press on the private coaching, you'll, you'll find that system right there. Basically, it is, I started having these visions of, um, working with people with the, on the sacred sciences and working with people through sacred geometry. So if you go to my website, you'll see the sacred geometry. It's actually the Metatron cube, if anyone's familiar with that. But it basically takes you through the system of um, you know, identifying where we are in terms of our health and wellness, where we are within our family life, where we are within our intimacy. And intimacy meaning presence. I like to think about intimacy as a presence thing. And then also it dives us into, you know, the work that we're doing on this planet, the sacred work, which I sometimes call creativity and innovation. And and then the play that we do on this planet, like how do we, you know, what fills up our cup, what creates joy in our lives. And then finally, too, it, it takes us through this process of uh, allowing for deep connection, so these different practices. So I take people through different practices in this one-on-one coaching that really dives us into you know, in all of these different realms, where are we right now? And then where's the potential? What do we see ourselves? Where do we want to be within these different realms of health and wellness, connection, intimacy, family, work, and play? And, and we go through this process of, of really seeing. You know, it's the visualization process of really seeing where it is that we want to go. And then, and then creating our operating system, and I, and I call our operating system really the thoughts that are consistently moving through our mind, kind of like a computer, it's the operating system, so we can change those thoughts. But it really takes a quality of awareness to be able to change those thoughts. And as we change our thoughts too, we are beginning to feel. What would it feel like to be in these places that we really wish to be? So, for example, health and wellness, if we can imagine ourselves in these beautiful places of feeling really healthy in our bodies, like vital, you know, vibrance in our bodies, what it, if we can actually start to imagine, what does that feel like for me? And then taking massive action, action towards each of these places. So I, I, always, I always try to remind entrepreneurs, right, that the, the most beautiful thing that we can do for ourselves is to really be of service first and foremost to our own self-mastery. And so that, in the three-month coaching process, is really what we dive into is, you know, where can we, as human beings, really realize our potential, start to create this manifestation process so that we can be of service to our own self-mastery. Yes, that's, that's exactly the way it should be. So tell us more about um, anything that you want to share with us. Maybe give us some examples of, of um, you don't have to mention the client's name, or, but give us a story about someone that has come to you and they didn't know what they were going to do with their life and and, and by coming to you they were able to to figure it out and to be an entrepreneur. Do you have a story like that? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I've got tons of stories like that, but I'll I'll share one in general um in particular. 
um, a beautiful woman, actually, as I was traveling through Alaska. I met her so briefly. It was the briefest moment, but we had this quick and beautiful connection of friendship. And uh, and years and years and years and years later, uh, I'd say like five years later, um, I she applied for my coaching for my coaching business. She kind of followed me on social media and uh, applied for the coaching business. And when we, you know, we have our first con- or our the three month deep dive. And, and first and foremost, we have a consultation call. And her and I are talking on this consultation call, and she says, "You know, Carla, I'm not 100% sure if." Uh, if I know exactly what I want to do in a business, you know, I know that that's something that you specialize in and it's really helping entrepreneurs to create businesses. I have some ideas of what I want to do, but I'm not 100%. And, you know, I, I, I told her that's the perfect place to be. <laughs> you know, it's really important that we eventually have clarity in terms of what our message is and what we want to be creating on this planet. But to have this blank slate of openness and to be open to spirit and open to the the connectivity of what is wanting to flow through you, like that vital life force wanting to flow through you, that's a beautiful place to start from. So anyway, over the three months, we, you know, we went into so much visioning work, so many processes of, of really dropping the layers, dropping the layers that no longer serve. You know, when we put up a lot of blocks throughout time, whether we, you know, whatever our fire is in terms of trauma, stress, uh, anxiety, there can be a lot of blockages in terms of really saying yes to our purpose and our potential. And so that's a big process in what we do is we really let go of limiting thought patterns and and limiting belief systems that can really allow us to align deeper to what it is we truly want to be doing on this planet Um, through this work. You know, long story short, um, she felt a calling to to move to the Philippines and to start a cacao farm uh, in the Philippines and uh, and support her family through that and so and she did and I'm just laughing because I am just thinking of her right now in the Philippines and and just you know her sacred mission was to work with plants and to be of service to the sacred plants on our planet and to cultivate a farm that was regenerative in, by design. And, um, and she, you know, her mission was to be a steward of this earth and to begin to plant trees and to create uh, just intentional relationships for other human beings to, uh, to create relationships with, with plants. And little by little, you know, she, she did it. And now she's in the Philippines and she is creating her cacao farm and uh, brought her family there with her and, so that's just one story of the many just magical, <laughs> synchronistic, beautiful stories that I that I could share. So. What What did you say that she's growing? What, what, what? Uh, cacao. It's the it's the raw pure form of chocolate. Oh, okay. All right. You know the Pleiadians brought chocolate to the planet. <laughs> I so believe that. Everything <laughs> right. on. Um, some chocolate right now, some some cacao from, from Guatemala. <laughs> you know what? I just got some. Someone just sent me some from Guatemala. It's it, it, it arrived this week. Isn't that funny that you should say that? Beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yes, <So> it is. <laughs> I'm noticing the time, and so um, would you be available 
to uh, maybe uh, talk to uh, some people that will be calling in and maybe asking Absolutely. you questions or comments. So at this oh, time, oh yeah, it'd be great. I would like to pass you over to my co-host Ariel, and thank you so much for for being on the planet and for doing what you're doing. And you stay connected to me so that we can we can get all of our artists and musicians lined up for this Starseed Festival 2020. Okay. Thank you, Avandar. It's been a pleasure right, to talk so to you. All right, so back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, this is just, it's wonderful what you're doing and doing for so many star seeds. And well, I'm going to um, open up the switchboard. Looks like we already have a caller with a question. Um, but if you are already on the switchboard and you want to ask a question from Carla, um, you'll just need to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you want to come on the air. And if you're just listening on the computer, then you need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1. So um, our first caller is named Hugh, and um, I'm going to get your mic open here. Okay, Hugh, you are on the air with Carla Sampson. Go ahead with your question. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call, and God bless you, Carla. I love everything you're saying. This is what the world needs. I am a starseed myself, and my question is, when you became ill, what was it that triggered you, or can, if you can find the pinpoint of what, where you started making a shift in your choices to do what you're doing that brought you to the position that you're in now? And also, I love that you talk about or have a website related to synchronicities, because that's a very powerful thing to look at in people's lives. Most people dismiss coincidences, but uh, there's a reason for synchronicities. Thanks, Hugh. Yeah, beautiful questions. And and I'm I'm so grateful for, for you getting on and sharing yourself as a starseed and, and connecting. So thank you. Um gosh, I think your first question was about, you know, the 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 shift that started to happen within my healing. And so if I can pinpoint that moment, it was, I was working uh, with some mentors at that particular time in my life. I, I find that mentorship is one of the most important things for myself personally in terms of continuing to create new pathways of my own healing and my own evolution. And, uh, and through one particular relationship with a mentor, really focusing on mindset. And so with Lyme, and if there's anyone else listening with, you know, chronic fatigue or inflammation or Lyme or whatever that might be for you, you know, you know how difficult and tricky it is, especially when we feel really bad in our bodies to, to have a clear mindset around, I am healing, I am healing. You know, if we wake up and we're in pain, it's really hard to shift that mindset. And so that was a huge process for me of starting to work with that mentor and, and shifting my mindset. So every moment I started to catch my mind. So meditation was a big part of it, was being able to be the observer and witness of my own mind. Um, and, finding, and finding that any time I was starting to have these thoughts of, you know, oh, 
of, of pain, of sadness, of whatever that might look like, I would catch it. I would catch the thought, and I would immediately replace that thought with something like, I am Lyme-free, like an affirmation, or I am healthy, I am in perfect health, I am healing. And, and from that continuous work with my mindset, and then at the same time, too, of course, I was, I was, always, I was always moving my body, no matter what, every single day, doing something that was going to allow for reoxygenation in my own body. And so I was able to, you know, do just a little bit of exercise on, on the regular, just enough to, to really start breathing in my body and to start to release those endorphins. And I think those two things, right, full reoxygenation of my body and, and the catching of my mindset, I think that's when I started to have those really big shifts in my own personal life. Um, and your second question, that was about synchronicities. Was there anything specific Specifically about synchronicities that you were you were well, wondering about. Well, maybe when you started the understanding what synchronicities were, to the point that you again brought it to the powerful way that you're presenting it, because uh, I had them throughout my entire life. I keep discovering them from my past, and they're extremely powerful. <laughs> and I, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to uh, contact you off uh, off air because I. I, I'm looking for people just like you. We can shift this world very quickly. And if, if there was any way that you could clone yourself uh, uh, and bring it in to <laughs> replace all the senators and congressmen in Washington, we I'd love to see that. But, yeah, that's, that's uh, right. <laughs> but that's right. I, I so just love everything you're doing, and I hope uh, when Thank we connect, you. Uh, you can bring it back to a future show. Would love to, yeah. And for those who are listening right now who don't know what synchronicity is, it's, it's a kind of a it's a meaningful coincidence. And so it's kind of, and and so I created this name um, back probably eight or nine years ago, synchroblicity. So going beyond synchronicity is synchroblicity. This idea that when we continue to follow our bliss, these meaningful coincidences show up in our lives. And one after the other, when we, have, when we experience synchronicities in our lives, it's kind of like a wink from the universe telling us that we're going in the right direction. Wouldn't you agree, Hugh? Yes, and I just wanted to interject real quick because I love chocolate too, and I uh, am committed <laughs> to empowering women. And I say women have to ch- uh, save the earth because it's the only planet in the universe that has chocolate. So that could be a good motivator. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason why we all came here. <laughs> That's the one and only reason, right? <laughs> love it, Hugh. That's so beautiful that you empower women. Keep rocking. Thank you so much. I, for, I was for married to an in. earth angel for 35 and a half years, and that's, again, oh. I want to, and she blessed me with the lesson I say we all incarnate to learn the lesson of unconditional love. As, a, as mm-hmm. we learn, it was supposed to be a blessing to others, especially those who can't help themselves. And your work, again, is so powerful and so beautiful. So thank you. And I, I'll let the, you, you move on to other callers, but you answered my questions beautifully. And thank you again to the hosts for allowing me to speak with you. So grateful to connect to you. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. All right. Great. Thanks, Hugh. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Well, if anyone else um, has a, a question, if you're thinking about um, starting a business, then I'm sure Carla can help you. And, I mean, there there are more um, ways. I mean, obviously the Internet will reach a lot farther than a, a little, you know, office on the corner. 
but um, what I mean, do you have people that that have done just like a, 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 a opening up a small business and doing what they love doing? Um, and there's got to be more avenues than just you know just the internet to um, to promote and market whatever it is that that brings you the the passion and joy, what your life purpose is. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Uh, the internet is a it's a beautiful tool. It's similar to the mycelial web in terms of connecting each and every one of us consciously on this planet. Um, so that's why that is you know a big a big part of, of what I do. Um, but I am a small business owner, right? I, I own this beautiful sacred embodiment studio, and um, and so a big part of marketing, I think that was your question, is marketing and advertising, you know, it really had to do with continuously creating spaces in which people could show up and connecting and word of mouth. And, um, you know, I love to save paper. I try not to do so much uh, printing out of um, of posters and flyers, although that that is helpful, but it's really, you know, about, how connected can we get? How connected can we be? And so, especially for people who have small businesses in town, you know, it's it's where is your tribe? Where's your community? Who are you wanting to connect with? Reach out, go out, be part of those communities, be part of those uh, those circles, be part of of mm, those places of connection, so that you can magnetize, you know, the people that you're looking for. Uh, into your small business, whether that be a place on the street corner uh, shop, or whether that be a, you know, an online an online business where we are constantly attracting our communities, constantly looking for for the tribe that uh, that is wanting to you know to um, take advantage of our services and and so really how how committed can we be to showing up? I think no matter where we are in terms of our business, it's really about showing up consistently. Constant showing up and a lot of messy action. Continuously taking action towards uh, yeah, towards finding those beings that you're meant to work with. And during your, your three month um, deep dive, uh, obviously I think I heard you say that you do a lot of visioning work doing the energy work because obviously if you can if you can imagine it in your mind and you can grab the feeling of how it feels to have that that's got to be a a huge part of laying the foundation to get people out of their absolutely. own way absolutely and there's you know just like there are different people that that learn in different ways right some people are visionary learners some people are auditory learners some people are kinesthetic learners it's it's very much the same in the process of creating and designing the lifestyle that we wish to to live in our own lives and so uh, you know for me it's really easy to envision to see the next level of of my own evolution but for a lot of other people that I work with it's really they you know they they feel it they're more empathic they're more about that kinesthetic they need to to sort of feel the feeling, embody the feeling to, to kind of uh, know the next step within their own lives. So um, so we really try to always work towards people's strengths, you know, whatever makes them, whatever allows them to 
to really get it in their bodies or to envision it. It's it's just about playing on people's strengths. And um, what about um, identifying? It seems to me that you'd have to know who your target market would be, and I would think that it would be you know other star seeds or, or enlightened people. But does it necessarily have to be that way? To, for people that work with me, is that what you're asking? Um, no, or? no, no. I no. I mean, if if a if a client um, wanted to, do, I mean, you have to with your client identify the market that you want to go after. Right. Is that part of what you exactly. do? Exactly. So yep. You're always. That's a big part of the preliminary process of what we do. Actually, is really is identifying our target audience. Right. So it doesn't have to be star seeds. It doesn't have to be you know, being, it, it's really about what it is that feels alive for you. And that, so, you know, we, there's this saying that's going around right now that actually is going to, it resonates in this moment is, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And so who you are as a being and when what you're doing, what feels passionate within you and, and what you're creating on the planet is going to, you know, ultimately attract that target audience but to be very particular about who you are attracting can be a really uh, kind of expedited way of starting to uh, to talk to those people. Because when we're talking to our ideal clients or talking to those that we wish to work with, right, we can talk to our own pain points. And from our own pain points, those can be very resonant with the people that we are meant to work with because we have obviously walked through those different fires or walked through those different situations and, and we've navigated them. And if, you know, if you're just one step ahead on, along the path of navigation, uh, that's what a mentor is, right? That's what a coach, a mentor is, is, is someone that has walked through and navigated these, these areas and uh, can draw a lot of ease instead of you needing to go out and be a trailblazer yourself. It's uh, you can you know find a lot of ease through the process of of, uh, of navigation. So, I mean, you a person could be marketing products or services, um, or um, coaching, or I mean, it can be anything physical, tangible, or more you know, spiritual, educational. It doesn't matter what the, uh, what, the, what the service or the product is as much as that you have the appro- appropriate energy foundation, the visioning, the, you know, market research, and you, gotta, you, know, you have to have all that stuff in place. And then is there a point where, um, where things start to... Uh, congeal uh, during this three-month deep dive. Um, by the time a person's done with the three-month course, um, are they basically ready to to launch? That absolutely depends always on their particular flow. So, so in one way, yes. There, I have a particular system that I bring people through that, you know, on the other end of it, it, it would be practical that they would have their platform ready to go. However, with that being said, there, it, within the coaching that I do and the mentorship that I do, it's also quite intuitive, right? And so there, there are beings that really need, you know, more 
time with, uh, with recreating their operating system or with the mental kind of mindset hacking or, uh, or perhaps, you know, on, on one level or another, there is some, some things that really need to get cleared. That, you know, a lot of a lot of us hold on to uh, to feelings of scarcity, feelings of unworthiness, feelings of uh, just big feelings that are kind of blocking us from really recognizing and, and realizing the potential of our purpose on this planet. And so, um, and so for some beings, they need you know, they're, they're, that can be a big part of the work. And and so after the three months. You know, we're taking it one step at a time. We're going only as fast as feels good for people. For some people, they just they don't feel ready to completely 100% launch off into their into their entrepreneurial uh, business. But with that being said, they've done preliminary work in the way that has set their mindset ready to ready to take on those endeavors. They have the tools that they need. They have the things written down, ready to go so that they can take that process and kind of launch it as, as and when they are ready. So, you know, it's never about pushing. The process is always about finding, finding softening, softening into our process. You know, when we have too much expectation around, oh, it has to get done now, it has to get done now, you know, that can cause feelings of discomfort. That can do, those accelerated feelings can, can cause anxiety. And so what we want to do, especially on this process of creating businesses for ourselves, is, is allow it to be created with ease. Because when we create it with ease, uh, we're setting a foundation and a platform for ease to continue to happen. Well, that makes sense. And I'm sure that, uh, as you mentioned, you you do have an intuitive um, skill that you can kind of tell if a person is um, has has yet to clear all the blocks because a lot of the blocks to abundance seem to be the person's own doing um, Every inadvertently time. maybe <laughs> yeah 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 because I mean, I mean all the, of us the abundance it. is there. Yeah, absolutely. Each and every one of us has a certain level of. You know, and and I loved when you, you use that word abundance because we pick up different ideals and expectations of what abundance looks like for us, as well as we also pick up different ideals and expectations of what success looks like. And so that is a big pro- big process, of, especially here in the United States, is that we get into these spaces of of really overwhelming our nervous system because we're so wired on the expectation of I have to be successful. I have to be this. I have to be that. We're so wired on these expectations that when we fail to to meet our own expectations or these external expectations that we feel are coming from, whether it be your parents or your children or your friends or family or whatever that looks like, our nervous system can get really triggered and really tired. And and so for me personally, as I take people through this process, it's all about, you know, really being of service to our nervous system. When, we, when we're living in our sympathetic nervous system, we're living from this place of fight or flight. When we're living in a place of fight or flight, we're going to be making quick reactive decisions. We're going to be moving very quickly. We're going to 
probably be in a place of feeling aggressive or whatever that sh- however that shows up for us, right? We want to be aware of that if we're living in that place of fight or flight. When we're living from our parasympathetic nervous system, we're living in that place of resting and digesting. And so what happens when we rest is, is a, so energetically, the, our fields can open. Our fields can open and we can be in this place of receiving, receiving abundance. If we're constantly pushing, fighting, flighting, we are going to be eventually burning out and unable to really continue to effectively work towards our entrepreneurial endeavors. And so that's a big part of the process too, is, uh, is rewiring the full operating system, not just the mental operating system, but also the nervous system in terms of letting go of expectation so that we can create what we want to create with ease and beauty and grace and love. All right. Well, I mean, expectations are limits. If you expect it ah, to be yeah. some way, then, then you've actually right. limited it. So when you move, remove right. the expectations, there's no limit to what can come in. So, yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's, that makes total sense. Mm, and I love the way you say that, too, right? Yes, expectations are limitations. And we live in a limitless, abundant universe. And so thus, when we can begin to drop away from those limitations of expectation, we begin to see our own expansive nature and, and creativity can thrive in those places. Yeah, I mean, and we're, what we're really talking about is is releasing the the fear, the uncertainty, the insecurity, the um, uh, you know, oh this, I'm not good enough to do this, I'm not worthy enough, you know, all of those things that that we have been programmed in our in our thought process. Um, th- these are things that have have got to be overcome. I mean, first off, because you can't really go forward when you when you've got like, oh no, what if this, and oh no, what if that, and that's why I tell people in my readings, when you start saying what if, you know you're in dangerous waters. Get out of there quick, you know, because you're the what if. You're like, well, you know, I could make this happen, you know. Mm. So, but usually, mm. usually the the what ifs are are you know doom and gloom, you know. Oh no, what if this goes right? wrong? What if that goes wrong? And it's like, well. <laughs> That's 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 your own mind, your your masculine logical mind, trying to keep the mm. feminine from um, from flourishing. Because mm. yeah, we we had a, we had a some time ago um, we had a guest on the show. Uh, I wish I could pull up her name right now, but she made a point that just stuck with me: is that when you listen to like a proposal or. Um, um, an idea or something like that, the minute you say, yeah, but, that's your masculine, logical left brain <laughs> hijacking that whole thought. So I was like, ah. Oh. And it's, it's that simple, isn't it? Somebody says something and it's like, well, yeah, but, and then you just shut it right down. So when you do, when you do that Absolutely. with yourself, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just like, okay, um, you know, logical 3D brain go sit down because we're doing something creative and that's not your field. (laughs) That is right. That's right. It's this active conscious choice to continue to, you know, to, yeah, to sit that logical mind down. Now that logical mind is 
very helpful in the way of creating platforms and creating our, our foundation for our business or whatever that might look like. But, but then when you have that platform created, then it's time to set that down. You're right. And, uh, and, and actively choose. You know, we can, we can fall back so easily on sort of an operating system that has felt really easy in the way that, and, you know, you said it before of like the programming that we, uh, we just are born, you know, we're born into a place where we are, we're sponges, we sponge up what we, what we see, we, we react with the world in that way. And, um, and if we don't actively choose, uh, we fall back on, on default, right? And so when we can choose the timeline uh, we're creating for ourselves, we're, we're constantly, you know, starting to walk towards those upper limits for ourselves instead of, you know, going back into that default of programming, we choose, you know, oh, who am I today? What am I today? And allowing that, you're right, that feminine mind, that, that right side of the mind, that creativity to really, to really take over. I'm, I'm always reminding my, my clients to, to incorporate a, a practice into their lives, whether that be a morning practice and mid-afternoon practice and evening practice. But um, I always, I, I kind of recommend the morning because it's, you know, an opportunity when we can sit down and we can ask ourselves before we do anything else in the day, maybe we have a cup of tea and we sit down or, or, or we journal or we move or whatever that looks like, but just asking ourselves in that moment, you know, who am I in my full creative limitless abundant self, who am I? And, and being open to receiving because every day we just, there's a little more magic that flows in. Well, it, yeah, and it'll flow in as quickly in, in direct proportion to the mm-hmm. allowance that you give it. You know, and, and there are, uh, I'm sure people, um, I want to talk about familiarity and a, a lot of times people, I think, would backslide um, to what is familiar, whether it's good for them or not, but at least it's a, it's a known quantity. Um, so sometimes letting go of the familiar can, can really open you up to all kinds of new things. Mm, yes, yes, I love that you say that. Yeah, it's the... When we can be a shapeshifter in our identity, how it's like how many things are are opening within our field at that particular time. If we're mm-hmm. if we're so stuck stuck in our in our identity in terms of I am this, I am that, I am this, I am that, right? We're creating only a limiting boundary for ourselves that, uh, yeah, that that is it's a little harder to break out of. And so I, I really appreciate that you say that. Yeah, well, you know, just because something is familiar, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that old familiar bad knee, you know, it lets me down all the time. But it is familiar. I know it really well. Um, you know, you, those. I'm, I'm just joking right now, but, you know, people will hang on to pain even because it's familiar mm-hmm. and they're used to it, mm-hmm. you know, and and – at the same time, they want out. So at some point, you have to let that attachment go to mm. to give yourself the freedom to redesign. You know, if you don't want to be the receptionist or the secretary or, or, you know, whatever it is that you might be doing in the 3D world, if that's not what you want to be, then um, 
it, it's a blank slate. You can create whatever you want. And especially, I'm speaking to the listeners, you know, with, with Carla's experience and uh, guidance, you can go from, you know, limbo to, to having your, you know, traction on the, on the, on the path and get where you want to go. Mm, I like to think about it as, you know, as being on, standing on the side of a cliff. And so there is water down. Imagine that there's water down below you. You know, there's a beautiful river or lake or whatever it is, but there's water down below you. You're about 20 feet up in the air on this cliff. And you see that there are others around you and they're jumping off into the water. And you know it's safe. You know it's safe to jump off, but you feel so comfortable where you are. But you know there's something within you. There's this spark of inspiration, this spark of something that's pulling you to to take that leap, to take that leap off that cliff and jump into the water. And you're looking down, there's some jagged edges around the side, so you know that there's a little danger, right? There's a little danger that, that goes along with, with taking that giant leap, but and you're, but you're seeing other people are jumping in. You know it's safe. And so what do you do, right? You can, you can stay in what, what I like to call, of course, your, your comfort zone. Or what I like to call, you can take that giant leap into your destiny zone. And that is a space where, you know, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen when you take that giant leap. But you have this trust, this beautiful, this beautiful trust that follows as you jump in, you know, you, you fall into the water and it was fun and you're like, I can do that again. <laughs> but it, right. But it is right. that, that one decision, that big decision of, you know, is transformation right and ready for me? Am I ready to take that giant leap into the unknown? Am I ready to say yes to my destiny zone? Well, that's a question that everyone has to ask themselves. And I would hope I would hope I would hope that they don't wait until you're so miserable that it's your misery that makes you jump. <laughs> you know, don't let it go that far. Um, you know, um, because the the farther down you are before you take the jump, um, I I just think it'd be easier if you if you don't you don't let things get deteriorated to the point where. Um, you're so miserable that that's your motive for taking the jump. You know, don't do it because it's what you really want. I mean, I'm just talking out loud here, but does that sound right or correct? Or well, um, absolutely. Of- but at the very same time, no matter what that catalyst, no matter what that catalyst is for change, um, I'm just so grateful that change is an inevitable part of our reality in this physical three-dimensional space and time <laughs> that uh, the change is you going know. to happen. And so no matter what, um, you know, it's, it's about being gentle, gentle with yourself. And no matter where you're at in the process of your own awakening and, and your own potential, uh, you're right. Choice can be a beautiful part of that, of that space. And, but no matter what it is, no matter what that catalyst is, uh, it's you know just to just to just to have that spark of inspiration for changing no matter what is that first part of potential I think um, right right that are ready well, and there to receive 
And I would just like to interject this one, I don't know if you call it information or not, but let's, let's call it a, a suggestion, is that, you know, when you have a client that is, that's ready to launch, please, please have them check the, the planets, you know, because you could put in all this work, and if you launch with the moon void, of course, or if you launch when Mercury yeah. retrograde because you didn't know, totally. or if you launch with, like, just transits that, that are going to, like, man, if you try to do this now, it's not going to work. Wait until, you know, exactly. two weeks, you know. So as astrologers, yeah, that's a really good you know. Point. That's a really good point. And in all of my businesses, I have, it's like, you just you just want to go. You're like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then you check, <laughs> you check the astrological charts. You're like, oh, gosh, I really should wait for this <laughs> to change. Well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it. You know, you might be all excited and 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 so impatient, like a little child that just wants to go ahead and open the Christmas <laughs> presents. But you know, totally. If you if you do not time your move, then mm-hmm. all of that work could just could just get you know less than stellar results, and then and then the person would think, oh, it's me. I, you know, I didn't do something right. And it's like, no, you just didn't check for your launch point, you know, because you could, right. you, could have a, you could have a wonderful business plan. You could have everything just really so fine-tuned. And, and if you're just not, it's like stepping out in the street without looking to see if there's a car coming. And then, boom, you know, you're a road pancake. And you think, oh, I must not be worthy. It's like, no, you just had bad timing. So, and astrology yeah. can give you that that timing without a doubt, without a doubt, and oh, you can totally. see. Uh, it's like, okay, you know, I know I'm impatient, but if I can just wait two more weeks, it'll be so worth it. So, um, I just want to. I was add so grateful that to, to. Yeah, and thank you for adding that. I was so grateful to have um, a reading with Lavendar before I launched my Starseed Entrepreneur business, and she was really. Uh, you know, just a big role in helping me to uh, define, you know, perfect timing for for being able to launch that. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely try to bring as much awareness to uh, to our our larger star system that um, that has a really direct role in in our planetary goings on. Oh, and it has. I mean, for for forever, for thousands and thousands of years. Um, mm-hmm. Different, you know, civilizations have honored um, astrology, and you know, it's just the, you know, <laughs> took a little bit of a beating there um, when they took it out of the Bible, but it doesn't invalidate the science. Mm. It's it's only about the, you know, uh, putting the public to sleep. But yeah, astrology is there, and uh, and even if you just you know, check the moon. You know, you just never want to do anything that's important mm-hmm. to you when the moon is void, of course, if you want it to mm-hmm. to grow roots and take off. Um, you know, and the same with Mercury retrograde or, you know, other planetary transits that might be personal to you. Um, that it's like, well, you better wait till that's gone before you do anything or wait until this mm-hmm. comes in mm-hmm. to get the, the, you know, super turbo you know, catapult. So, well, this mm-hmm. is just, 
this is so much needed. It's so much needed because, I mean, if we talk to people every week, many people who want to make that change, you know, mm-hmm. leave the 3D corporate world and do whatever their passion is. So what mm-hmm. you're doing is so timely. It's it's so much needed. And um, I really encourage people to uh, connect with you. Is the best way through your um, your main website, Carla Sa- Samson? Yeah, Carla Samson, yeah. Okay, and then you have your other two websites linked on that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, great. Yeah, but the best way so, to, the best way to get in direct contact is just that www.carlasampson.com and uh, and everything they need is pretty much right there to get in contact. Well, excellent, excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure having you with us, and uh, we yeah, thank, thank you, so, you much so much for having for me, sharing sharing your time and your knowledge and all that you have done in a in a pretty short period of time because you're still a young woman. So you've got great things in the future coming for you, I'm quite sure. So and we thank you for the time and the space to connect. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. You are so welcome. So um, everyone check out Carla's website, which is carlasamson.com. And uh, she's got, we've got a lot of things on there that are very helpful. So I encourage everyone to just take a look and connect with Carla if you're ready to go. Even if you're not ready to go, connect with her to find out how to get ready to go. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, a lot of free free um, different kind of uh, webinars and uh, videos on there. So please check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Carla. And uh, we'll look forward to having an update from you at some point in the future, and let us know how things are going. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks again. Great. Well, we're going to wrap up now, and we want to thank you all for listening. And uh, special thanks to our wonderful Starseed team, Kathy, Jada, and Fiona. And we will be back next week uh, with Anastasia and the Starseed News. So um, take care of yourselves, everyone, and find gratitude in every day. Until next week, bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.